podcast i know it's been a while but i haven't feeling haven't felt like doing a podcast i mentioned it to you guys before but today uh i was able to get together with my friend eric he's been on the podcast twice so this will be his third time and I, we linked up to you know got together went for some drinks and then we decided you know what let's go back to my place let's do a fucking podcast let's hang out and talk and let's have a good old time so that's exactly what we did on this uh conversation and also he kind of you know he he's a very knowledgeable guy very uh, uh intelligent and I I, I, uh, I do appreciate his wisdom so I think a lot of people could get something out of this he's a very eloquent, eloquent speaker so hopefully you guys uh get something out of it like I did so yeah I think that's about it so enjoy the show um Hope you guys have a good one, and I will talk to you guys later. Peace. Decided, okay, I'm just gonna record this guy because he's gonna continue doing that. Exactly. Okay, so let's see. That's my okay. Speaking to the mic. Hello. Check. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Jonathan's podcast. There you go. At 11:40 at night on this beautiful Saturday. Woo. Okay, so we're recording now, basically. Basically. Um, let me see. I gotta find my right levels on my microphone. So it doesn't sound too low or too high. Okay, the there we go. Hey. There we go. All look right. at that. Much better, huh? I think we're working. Yeah, we're working. Okay. I'm going to pause. Okay. Okay, Eric. Okay. It's recording again. It is. We're picking up where we left off. All right, so. With me singing very falsetto. <laughs> All right, so do you want to tell the people what we're doing before this? I think I feel driving like- illegally. Yeah, sure. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, not we that, were <laughs> not, not that part. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Cut that part out, Jonathan. Yeah, let's see. There we go. Let me turn this down. I got my my uh, my audio levels are very different because the the microphone you have is more sensitive than this one. So should I not? No, no, no. You're good. No, I mean you could talk the way you were talking. I'm just saying that. Okay. Have to adjust it differently, but yes. Uh, so we were hanging out mm-hmm. in the town, having a few drinks, and we just decided, you know what? Let's go hang out at the house. Let's talk there. Let's have a let's have another podcast. It's been a while. This is you were the only guest that I had on the podcast three times, and I have and I haven't done the podcast again. And the reason I'm doing it is because I want to talk to you. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Well, I am honored to be here three times. Yeah, third time. And I acknowledge you, Jonathan, for not only having me on again, but for just having unconventional views and not shying away from sharing them. Because I know of too many people that water down their views 
to conform to either their peers or their community so they won't get any backlash of being different. I think the way I am is because I kind of, I was always an outsider, you know. Uh, I didn't, I, I wasn't born in America. I didn't, I, you know, I came over when I was 10. He's legal. I'm legal now. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the thing. I, I never, I never felt like I fit in, uh, fit in completely in, in any group that I was at. You know, I was kind of like, you know, I felt like I belonged because the people there like me, not because, uh, not because I was in there. You know, and I had the same beliefs they had just because they like me. Not because we had the same beliefs, but because they like me. I mean, we like the same thing. I, the reason I was in those groups with people, uh, it was because I like those things that they like. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, you know, I grew up without a dad. And, and this is just a kind of funny uh, of uh, meeting because, you know, you are a mentor of kids that are having, you know, struggles with their lives you know and it's mostly family struggles maybe the dad or the mom are not around Mm -hmm. they're having you know they just and my life the way i live my life is that i never had a dad and i want to be that person that i wanted to be for me when i didn't have that person basically Mm -hmm. and that's what you do (laughs) so it's kind of you know it's kind of crazy that and it's just funny the way we came in contact because i don't think we even really talked about it it was just random, you yes. know, the internet. Mm-hmm. I know, I think I just followed you. I saw the things that you were posting. I was like, oh, this guy's thinking about things. He's searching. He's looking things up. You know, that's why I got in contact with you. And it's always, it was crazy that you were so close to me. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about that? Well, I first wanted to go back to what you left off with in the beginning was... Not fitting in. Yes. You know, that's been my life story of, of not fitting in. And I used to consider it... Before you go on a little more, mm-hmm. I'm on drunk, okay, guys? Understand that. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> I'm fine. I, I know I'm, I'm okay. I'm good. That's why I'm having the conversation. But understand that. That's a, it's a, We talked about this, you know, being sober mm-hmm. and drinking or doing any substance mm-hmm. is a different state of mind. Right. And we have to recognize that. Sure. Because people, you know, think being not sober is a good state of mind. And and, and I don't uh, think... Yeah, we did talk about that. Yeah, you know, you know. You know. And I'm not clear-minded. I'm not, not that I'm going to say something fucking insane, you know. Well, maybe you might. Who cares? <laughs> I might, but that's not what I'm getting What's at. What I'm that? getting at is that I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in a sober state, so... I don't think anybody cares. Yeah, probably they don't care. But <laughs> usually, if I sound funny, you know, if that's I don't good. sound right, yes, I know I don't sound right. Old, but you know, funny. because I want to give them a good show, and I want them to be able to understand what I'm saying, and that's what I worry about. You mean you want to be coherent? Exactly. Got yes, it. that's what I'm talking about. You see, <laughs> dude, we gotta do a show together. I think that's what it is. I think that if I'm with you, I feel like we could we could make something good happen here. Ah, uh-huh. we're we'll talking about our lives. We'll, yes, let's just let's. We'll probably get into that. Let's just go back to what you were talking about. Okay. So going back to what you first talked about, which is feeling different and not fitting in, that was my life story. And I felt as if it was a bad thing. And what I've learned was that I was resisting who I was. I was resisting perhaps not my uniqueness, but perhaps my 
experience of how I experienced the world. And from that, you know, I had different interpretations, different opinions, different kinds of uh, ways of thinking about things that were just so-called abnormal. And it's not fun being that kid that stands out because they don't necessarily fit into a group. And it's especially not fun if that kid doesn't have anyone they feel that they can go to and tell them, hey, is something wrong with me? Because I don't really fit in with anyone. And I'm not too sure what to think about that. Now with me, it wasn't an always everyday thing. It happened periodically, happened intermittently. Sometimes, you know, I was really happy and hyper, had a lot of friends, I was really impulsive, did silly things, didn't care about school, all of that. Other times, I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to have anything to do with anyone. And I just wanted to cease to exist pretty much. So, going back to becoming a mentor, I didn't have anyone there for me. Or at least I felt like I didn't. And it's one thing to go through your childhood and to suffer. Because that happens a lot. But it's another thing to go through it alone. And to feel like you're in it alone. That's quite another thing. And that's actually quite common at the same time. And from that experience, I could tell you, Jonathan, and those that are listening, I didn't like it. I actually want to tear up right now about thinking about what I've gone through, which isn't a whole lot, but it's what I've gone through. You know, there's no sense of comparing your experience from my experience. My experience is my experience, and what I experienced is I was hurt. And I don't have to go into detail of of how I was hurt, but I went through it alone. And that wasn't fun. I got in the church when I was 17. And I became a Christian. I felt like I was at home when I never felt like I had one. And when I turned 18, I was asked by my youth pastor, Would you like to be a youth leader of this youth group or do you want to just go to regular service and the youth pastor and the youth leaders at the time encouraged me to be youth leader I didn't know what that entailed to but I did understand that they wanted me to be one for a reason their responsibilities are basically what a big brother would essentially do look after the students make sure they're doing okay You'd pray for them, see how home life is going, see how school's going, see how their mental health is going. Just really be there for them. And when those responsibilities were listed, I thought to myself, this is everything I wanted when I was younger. And even at that point. And so I didn't hesitate. I wanted to pursue that. Because I felt although I could help other people, this could also help me. And it did. 
I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but I talked to my youth pastor about it, and I said, or rather, we concluded that I'm going to treat these kids the way I wanted to be treated when I was going through it. And from that, I got phenomenal results that I didn't see was possible before. A lot of these kids opened up. They've been through problems or going through problems that I couldn't even fathom. I grew up pretty middle class in Stockton. This church was on Kelly Drive. It's a rough area. These kids were not only getting bullied at home like I was. They were getting bullied in school. One of their parents were in jail. One of their parents were on drugs. One of their uncles was abusing them. One of their aunts was, I don't know. Vermont paying the bills, everyone in the house, didn't have lights, didn't have food, wasn't safe. Things I didn't go through, but yet I felt so real the more I got to know them and their families. And what I found was a full sense of um, satisfaction of being useful. For the first time in my life, I felt useful. I felt like I was doing something that was deeply meaningful and good. And that's when I felt like life actually began. Like, really? So it's a, it's a big sense of responsibility to do what I do, and I do not take it lightly. And I know it's also very unconventional because I don't work... As staff in the school, I don't have some sort of license. I do it from my heart. And when people don't have the audacity or the courage to talk to me and question me and actually ask these questions that would lead them to this this very answer, then of course they're going to be skeptical. But that's a lesson to be learned in all of us is that it's really easy to judge people that are quote-unquote different because we usually associate different with bad because we usually fear the unknown because it you know can be threatening but it doesn't have to be it really doesn't and in my case it isn't and of course people won't know that until they ask and you can't get the answers you want until you ask the questions that'll get you to that answer And there you are. That's what you're looking for. (laughs) That's what I do. I mean, I just, you know, I, I can't, I can't even follow. Hold on, guys. Let me. Okay. You guys can hear me now. I'm sorry. I have my microphone off because I was just listening to this guy and I don't even know how to follow up. (laughs) You just fucking blew me out of the water, dude. Okay. Well, I think that. Now, the way you put it is the way that I felt, you know, like, I wanted somebody, I, I, you know, now that I'm grown up, and, you know, I know, I learn about life, you know, I wish when I was growing up, I had somebody to tell me the things that I learned now. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you were, you know, you know, describing the, 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 what you were feeling about, 
you know, what got you to being a mentor, you know, you just wanted to be that person that was there for you, that, you know, that you wanted to be there for you Mm -hmm. and you became that person. And I think that's, that's awesome, dude, because like now that I'm thinking back, it's like, I I need to stop saying like, (laughs) at least you're aware. I'm aware of that. Yes. I need to stop saying that, but everything you're describing, that's exactly how I was feeling at the time. In my life, I always fell outside of it because, you know, my my legal status at the time, how you know, my my living situation in America, uh, not knowing, uh, you know, who I, what part of, you know, everybody in, in growing up, when you go to school, this segregation happens automatically. It's just, you don't even think about it. It's just natural thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you hang out with the, your friends, your Mexicans hang out with the Mexicans, you know, black people hang out with black people, white people hang out with white people, so on. And myself, you know, I, I knew I was Mexican, but, you know, the the hyper-nationalism of being Mexican in school, I never felt that to be a natural thing within me, you know. And I, you know, I grew up in Mexico. I, I actually played diligence to the Mexican flag. None of these people have. <laughs> so it's a it's a funny thing how, you know, things work out because that's one of the reasons I never I never felt like I felt like I fit in because the you know the, the racial the racial thing about life in America because that's a very big big thing now that is is becoming even bigger the racial the racial dynamics of the groups in America that you know that I, I have a a racial awareness from you know. Uh, due to not being from here mm-hmm. and you know just coming in <clears throat> and wait where are we? <laughs> <laughs> we got we got very far but anyways I always felt out I felt that you know I felt that the outside and I you know and the way of my way of dealing with it you know was being outspoken being loud trying to be funny being the class clown kind of just acting out. That's what it was, acting mm-hmm. out. Because I look back at it, and before, there was a period of time where I would kind of talk about in a, in a braggadocious way of the things that I used to do mm-hmm. growing up. But now, I don't even bring it up. I completely, like, that's not me anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't see that as myself anymore. Mm-hmm. So thinking about those things now, it's like, oh, yeah, this is like I'm feeling embarrassed thinking about those things now, and and I wish that I would have had that person telling me don't do those things, and now that I have a daughter, I'm even more hyper aware of those things. It's you know <laughs> because those bad things that you do, your kids are gonna do. Mm-hmm. So now when you see a now, let's say you go to the store, you see those kids, little kids acting up, they're being bad, they're being loud, obnoxious. Think of the parent. <laughs> <laughs> it's not all, you know, the parents know how to act in public now. They're grown up, they're adults, You're, the kids don't. Mm-hmm. So they're just, you know, they're just ba- basically they're a creation of their environment, which is the parents. Mm-hmm. So, you know, being a parent now, even had that... Well, you know, it's good that I, that we hung out today, dude, because it kind of snapped me back into, I need to do better. 
<laughs> because you, you know, when we talk, when you and I talk, we always talk about what's going on inside. <laughs> Not so much, you know, we do talk about what's going on outside, but it's always the, the, the root, the, the main thing that we're talking about is we're going back in there. Like, what the fuck is going on in there? <laughs> so that's what we're always talking about, the certain things. And that's why, and I mentioned to you that all, you know, every, every time our, our episodes get the most listens. <laughs> And I haven't done an episode in a while because I haven't felt like talking as much as I feel like talking now with you. Happy to hear that. Yeah, so it's a great thing. But anyways, you know what? I want you to keep talking now. Let's go, let's, <laughs> let's go back, you know, because I just kind of butt in, you know, just because I'm it's supposed to be my show. No, it's not. supposedly my show today. Not today. But <laughs> let's let's go back to the mentorship and... Do you think the way society is going now, you know, kids being born, you know, now the the, the, the natural lifestyles, at least for minorities at the time now, is that there's only one parent at home. And that's becoming a normal thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, I know there's a lot of forces that are making that possible right now. Mm-hmm. So I just want you to speak on that. What, how, do you, how do you think we should go forward and change this what would be the best best way to do because you know i have an idea of it but i know you're the one on the ground you're the one talking to this you know troubled kids Mm -hmm. the ones living this experiences experiencing all these bad things and you know you know what's going you you already you know you have a we notice patterns you notice a pattern what do you think that pattern is well how do we change that pattern how do we get better Everything that is physical, that exists, Mm -hmm. has some sort of foundation. Otherwise, it would cease to exist. Such as with a family. If a family doesn't have a foundation that each member holds dearly, that family dynamic could collapse. And it usually does. But you really do have to start with the individual. Does that individual have a foundation? If that individual doesn't, then that individual needs a foundation. A great foundation, especially in this country, is the Christian foundation. It sets a standard of moral values, of how you treat others, of how you should go about your life, and what is meaningful about it. I think that's a good start, pragmatically and spiritually. If we don't have a foundation in our homes, if we don't have a foundation within ourselves, nothing's going to work. And so that's where we have to start. That's the root of this problem. And that's the root of most human problems, is that we're just kind of everywhere. We don't, we don't have like a, you know, like when you build a building, there's steps to make a building, right? And when you have the foundation up, you have to have the foundation up correctly for the rest of the building to operate correctly. 
otherwise it'll collapse and yeah. there's a lot of problems with that. And so our main focus that goes for everybody should be what do I want my life to be about? What is my foundation of what it means to be me? You have to start from there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I don't think... I don't don't think most most people got it in them. (laughs) You're right. You know, it's it's, it's just... uh, I get that that's why it's so hard because the hard things are hard to do for a reason, right? Not everybody's going to do it. That's why they're hard. Well, they make something else more important. And we live in a hedonistic society, which means we just live in a society where the highest value is to feel good, is to pursue pleasure. And there's no pleasure of getting your life together. Pursuit of happiness. <laughs> which which actually is an oxymoron. There's, yeah. You can't pursue happiness. No. But anyway. Yeah. There's no real pleasure in getting your life to work. The process can be hard because you're going to have to go through of why you think the way you think. And you're going to have to go through a lot of junk that's happened to you to get inside of your identity. I mean, that kind of goes back to Landmark. Yeah. But <laughs> we don't have to get into that. Yeah. But, I mean, we, we, we can, okay? Yeah. So, um, so we, you know, we uh, we haven't talked for a while. We just got to hang out. We hung out today. And he's been doing this thing called Landmark. He told me about this. And it's, let me, I'll give you my brief summarization of what I think it is. Not what it is, probably. Let's see but how good This I is did. what I think it is, okay? <laughs> So basically, it's like a, it's maybe a, like a little getaway weekend. Not, I don't, I don't want to say it's a vacation because it won't be. It's a retrospective. Uh, basically, you just kind of like searching within you, looking back in your past, uh, really dealing with your issues that you put off dealing with, and see what comes out of that after you actually put yourself together. From actually dealing with the things that you've been putting off and haven't dealt with. Let's just think of things that, let's say you got to do little things around the house. You maybe have to uh, vacuum your room, clean your carpet, you know, clean your kitchen, wash the dishes, right? But you keep putting it off because you think it's, you know, it's, it's there. It'll be there when I get to it. It's not going to go away. And you just kind of hold it back. And, you know... And you keep living your life, but there's that one thing in your life that's not making it fulfilling, not getting it actually completed. You need to get back there and kind of clean it up. And that's how. And it's just the little things that you don't think is going to really affect your life. But if you don't dig, really dig deep deep within you, you're never going to solve your issues because you never went back and actually solved the the old issues that you had before. Because any issues that you solve now, anything you know, you're still gonna have problems because you haven't solved the old issues. Basically, they're there. So that's what I got out of the explanation <laughs> you gave me. I don't know how accurate it is, but you tell me. That was interesting. 
So I'll be brief. I did a weekend course by this company called Landmark Worldwide. I did it in San Jose last year of 20 last year which is 2020 in January. And each day is 11 hours long of lecture us speaking into the mic regarding our experience uh, dyads meditations and basically the objective is for us to peel layer after layer after layer after layer of our identity until we get to the last layer and we essentially get to nothing and the beautiful thing about nothing is that that's where you're able to create like a blank canvas essentially and from there for me for instance I got my life to work and it's not to say that my life is now extraordinary it means if life was a river and that river had a current and that current was being present I was no longer going against the current. I wasn't being constrained by what happened to me, about what others did to me, about my experiences in the past. And I wasn't affected about a future that was unknown and that could produce anxiety and that could really be anything. I was no longer concerned about the past or the future. And it wasn't a conceptual thing. I could actually experience that. I experience it every day and it's not something I could forget it's not something I needed to write down it's something that I experienced over this weekend it's the most profound most invested thing I've ever done in my life and I really want everyone to do it because I thought no really yes yeah, I I thought that I was good at what I did, you know, because I've read a lot of books. I've talked to really smart people. I spoke to a lot of these authors. I've gone through stuff. I've overcome stuff, but I listened to a podcast, (laughs) (laughs) but this guy who created all the work, his name is Werner Erhard. He did so much better than me, like so much better. He blew me out of the water and I don't want to reinvent the wheel. He did a really good job of what he does. And I can't feel like I could do it better than him. So instead of people coming to me, I mean, I don't even consider myself that smart. I just consider myself really caring. I tell people, do Landmark. Do Landmark. And when you do, tell me how it goes. Let me know if it was worth it. And every person that has told me that that was the most significant time of their life. And they're not sure why, but they got it. They got it. And what they got is just what they got. And now you need to go get it, Mr. Jonathan. <laughs> you got it. It's, it's just honestly for me, dude, it's all is money. We're talking numbers right now. <laughs> And then, you know, I had to talk to my financial advisor first. <laughs> you get him on board, too. 
But I mean, look, that's you know, obviously that's something I'm interested in. You know, I'm very. I always have question uh, as much as I can. You know, to my knowledge, you know, I I was never, I w- I have always been against the grain. For whatever reason, I just probably just wired like that. It's not. It, it didn't. You know, it didn't become out of me. The questioning of things didn't come out of me because I was a genius. It's just kind of like something natural building. That's what I feel like because I I kind of always dislike what everybody else liked. Contrarian. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it's just you know. Let's say, you know, I've been. I grew up Catholic because I'm Mexican, obviously. <laughs> you know, and. They don't, you know, Mexican families, they don't teach you why you should be Catholic. You just are, you know? And, you know, you're Indian, right? I don't know, mm-hmm. but your dad was the Indian one, right? Yeah, my dad was the Indian one, and he was never around, so... so you got most of the, what, Mexican? Mexican and white. Uh-huh. And I grew up not knowing what religion really is, or what God really is, or what the Bible really is. I found out... Sort of by my grandma who had a Bible laying around. I don't know how old I was, maybe like eight or nine or something. And she briefly told me that she reads it every night. That's it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So I went and probably played more video games or something. Okay. So where, what was I talking about before? You're Mexican Catholic and your parents don't tell you why <laughs> okay, you should be Catholic. So, okay. So, all right. All right. Yes. So, you know, growing up, I never had an idea why Catholic was being good. You know, why is that? Like, you know, they tell you, just do this, you know, pray to, you know, Virgin Mary, pray to God. They don't give you an answer. They don't really give you a reason. Because then, you know, they were brought up the same way. They didn't, they didn't, they weren't brought up to question anything. They weren't brought up to, you know, and it's kind of crazy that questioning all these things, I kind of went back to my roots. Mm. Because once I started questioning things, I was an atheist for a while. I didn't believe in God. I even thought Satanism was good, you know. Oh. I got, you know, I, I was that deep in there because, you know, Satanism is basically you just do whatever the fuck you want to do. That's basically it. It's not, you know, it's not, it's nothing, you know, groundbreaking. <laughs> you just do, <laughs> you, you know, say, that's the thing about, that's the scary thing about sin and, you know, if you're a religious person and, you know, thinking about damnation is that it happens so easily and people don't even know it but anyways that's not what we're talking about um <laughs> maybe you know growing up mexican well, but before that what the fuck what was the point of me bringing this up i was a contrarian i didn't i didn't go with the i didn't go you know growing up i didn't go with the with the you know with the mainstream but now it's funny because being religious nowadays is going that's the counterculture mm-hmm. it's not not you know before it was like you're not you you're not being religious was the counterculture but now it's the other way around mm-hmm. and that's insane that i kind of just fell back into that because I, I since i have my daughter now i've been thinking about baptizing her because all my family expects me to baptize her because they're catholics mm-hmm. and that's what they all do and i haven't done that yet they usually do it within the first, you know, few mo- few months. Mm-hmm. I'm already six to seven months in, and they're expecting it now. Fucking out. Exactly. So now I've got. I'm been really thinking about religion and what does that mean? Mm-hmm. What does part being part of a religion mean? You know. And nowadays people just think it's whatever the fuck. Just go to church and you're fine. 
And I don't think it's that simple. <laughs> but going back to me being contrarian, I, I just kind of fell into it. And, and it's, and I, you know, I wish I would have somebody like Eric growing up because all the things that people make it like the struggle. Yes, the struggle is good for you. But we just think about, a, you know, think about a uh, universe where you didn't have to struggle and you just knew what to do. How far, how far, how much farther ahead would you be with that? And that's what I think about, you know, because, you know. I grew up with a single mom. My sister's a single mom. A lot of my family single mothers. I grew up with nothing with women. There was no that around. I grew up with three generations of women. And, you know, my mom, my grandma, and my sister. And now I ha- I'm living with another generation of a woman. My daughter of newborn. <laughs> so I know women. And, and, and you know, and, and I don't think being a single mom is the best thing for you. Or for anybody. Or a single dad either. I don't think being a single dad is a good thing. You know, at all. I think there need there needs to be a, both of them. The mom and the dad. To kind of, you know... And it's... You know, it's impossible. It's, I, but I, I think what's going to fix it is... You know, people in our generation... That are growing up with kids now. And they just feel like, well, I don't want to grow up like I did. And I think that's... The biggest push for a change now. That's the single most common thing I've heard dealing with families. And it is a baseline, but it shouldn't be a lid for your achievements. It should be a a base. Speaking of single parents, I told you I grew up with a single mom. What I think the problem is with these divorce rates getting higher and higher, uh, first of all, everything is sexualized. And with everything that's sexualized, there's always alcohol involved somehow. And those two don't play well together. And before you know it, you're in the emergency room. Perhaps unexpectedly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not a good thing unexpected pregnancies that's rough here's a man and a woman that were just living their lives all of a sudden ring 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 I'm pregnant the fuck you are no really I'm pregnant and then oh she's serious and so now your life just changed. You didn't expect it. You two didn't even know each other that well. But you're going to have a baby together unexpectedly? Oh, you're just at the club. And soon you're at his apartment. Things happen. I'll see you next time, tomorrow, whatever. <laughs> and that's common. That's a common thing question is why is that common and what can we do about it no foundation there's no moral value entailed in that unexpected pregnancies are not a good thing you now have a mom and dad that don't really know each other how do you expect them to just live together 
or to always be around each other when it was just meant to be a hookup. You know that's not always the case, but even though the case is, is that if you're gonna have a baby with someone, what am I trying to hear? Yourself. Oh, am I too loud or something? No, no, no. Just, I'm good. Just wanted, you sound good. Oh, why? Thank you. So a baseline for a couple, a mom and dad, especially in marriage. Is that you guys are actually really good friends. You actually know each other well. You know what each other is not only going through, but you can see each other's world and how you guys experience each other and the world. If that was the standard, I don't think these divorce rates would be so high. Whether or not everything is sexualized and alcohol is involved. Because there will be standards to what it means to get with somebody, what it means to be in a relationship, what it means to sleep with someone, and what it means to be a parent. Got to cut out that burp. <laughs> Put a note on that. Um. <laughs> uh, okay, so, uh, you know, I've been thinking about how am I going to deal with my daughter dating, you know? And I'm kind of glad that she seems like she's going to be a little tall. That's just in the bloodline from her uh, mom's side. Her grandpa's really tall. <laughs> but anyways, um, how am I going to deal with that? Like, how strict am I going to be? Because, you know, I, I, see, I see the good in messing up, you know? Like mm-hmm. learning, mm-hmm. the learning experience because... Some people just learn by messing up. There's no way around it. Just people, there's people that just learn. I'm one of those people. I learn by, don't do this, don't do that, and then I do it. Okay, you're right. Never gonna do it again. That's the way I learn. But I gotta. How do I balance that out, dude? I, because I see the way you know little girls are going now, dude. It's just very, they're very sexualized, and I don't like that. Mm-hmm. And you know. And it's kind of, you know, you're, I'm a guy, you're a guy that that's kind of, uh, you know, growing up in the generation, the generation that we did, that's kind of how we grew up. Everything was sexualized, mm-hmm. you know, and it's crazy because now we think that everything was sexualized before, even though it wasn't as sexualized as it is now, it was still sexualized and it's insane how it's everywhere. Well, how do I deal with that? How do you deal with your women uh, that you mentor, the girls that you mentor? Because it's a different, it's a different sphere. The you know being a woman and a man. Mm-hmm. Now you know because like if I like, I'm hoping that I I'm able to raise my daughter in a way that she asks me for my opinion when she's gonna die, date a guy, and that she takes it into consideration and say, you know what, I think your dad, I think you're right, dad. I wanna be able to raise my daughter that way. Mm-hmm. What do you think? How do how do I approach that? How would you approach that? Communication, mm-hmm. clear communication at that, is everything. Remember when we were down by Ollie's, is yeah. that withholding information from people is not only doing them injustice, but it's doing you injustice. Because that's not clear communication. It's not really about compromising either. 
It's just about being honest and see what comes out of that. And it's not about being right and making someone wrong. It's about putting yourself on the line of what's true for you. And again, seeing what comes out of that. And then you go from there. I don't know of any formula that you can uphold, but if you both can really see how the world occurs for you, from that, you two would be able to see why you are saying what you're saying. I think hopefully I'm able to make, you know, give her, you know, the knowledge to go forward because I'm basically a stay-at-home dad, you know. So I'm able to get that time in with her this whole time. I've been able to, you know, hopefully the, the... the love and, you know, showing her love and affection works, you know. Because I feel like that's what it is with most women that, you know, that are going through rough stuff that don't have a dad or a mom. is because they never had, you know, they didn't have that the full love and affection that they needed. How do you feel about that? Well, everything that a child goes through is always compensated by something else to make up for what they didn't get. So the idea that there's a certain right way to raise a child, whether it's a boy or a girl, I don't know. Because, of course, there's instances where children are neglected and somewhat abused, and they turn out great. And then there's the other way around, where they got love and affection, got everything they wanted. They turn out like shit, you know, spoiled, and they don't do anything, whatever. So, of course, you don't want to go out of your way to neglect and abuse your child. At the same time, there has to be a balance where you have to have them be independent so they don't feel like you're doing too much for them at the same time. But, you know, at at their age, you know, a baby baby, they need to see you a lot, I think. I think mm-hmm. they do need your love and affection. You know, there's there's some theorists that think that if a baby cries, you should let them cry until they're done crying. I don't know the logic behind that. Maybe there's some to it. Maybe there's a lot of merit for whatever reason. Why not just go what your heart says? You know, because there's, there's innate knowledge in that. I don't think a father is going to let their children cry ongoing when you know you can do something about it, right? To me, it makes no sense. Well, yeah, I mean, I completely get that because, you know, I'm home all day, right? And my daughter's crying, so it's like, there's no, like, what else am I going to do? Like, that's the thing I should be doing. (laughs) And I, you know, my wife and I have done that where we just let her cry for a bit, but it just... The natural thing is like, let's comfort her. Let's go pick her up. And I think, I think it does, I, I feel like it does help because she's developing very fast because we pay a lot of attention to her. We're trying to do a lot of things with her, uh, talk to her a lot, read books to her a lot. So I feel like that, man, I just, it just feels, it just, it just you know, it's a sad thing because 
Not everybody, be, you know, is able to get that. <laughs> and you see that, dude, you know. I, and, I mean, how do we give that to kids that don't have both parents? How do we give that? How do you think we could do that? Do you think that's even possible? Possible? Yeah. Who knows what's possible at that point? <laughs> don't... <laughs> No, but really. Like, um, uh, Okay, okay. Fair enough. You know, we don't know what's possible. Yes. That could be that one thing that just works. And we don't know what it is. It just happens to be. Yeah. It's just that... The human psyche is a complicated thing. And it's not linear like the physical sciences or math or even language. But it's something dynamic and alive. And that's why you don't know what's possible. Because anything could potentially work. You don't know what wouldn't work or would work. I mean, of course, there's different extents to it. But with the child that has no parents and suddenly someone, whether it's me or whoever, comes in and just really opens up. The child opens up and they say... This is how I feel. This is what I've gone through. And this is what I need. And someone like me would do anything to have those needs met. And if I can't meet meet them, then I have other people, other organizations, even other churches that will provide those needs. Whatever it takes for them to feel like they're they're worth it, you know, they're worth pursuing a life that's that's meaningful and they can contribute and make a difference and that everything they do matters and they feel like, you know, life is okay. Will you ever adopt one of these kids? <laughs> I, all right, so you've ridden my car, right? <laughs> Probably Eight out of ten kids I've been in my car be like, I want this car when I graduate or something <laughs> along those lines. Yeah. And they tell their parents usually and the parents are like, what is this car my son or daughter is speaking about? And they drive my car. I let them drive it. And I said, no, put a little more gas into it. And so they do. You're encouraging this. Yeah. Just have some fun. Why not? Yeah. And then they start, for the most part, m- most of them have fun. Yeah. They, uh, it's like a little race car, a little roller coaster. Yeah. And then they get to see why they think that way. So, what was I going with that? What was your original question? Besides the, oh, <laughs> where was I going? Were you at Dub? Oh, you at Dub, right, 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 right. So, I've got that a lot too. And. <laughs> I I feel I'm just so... You can't commit to one of them, huh? Well, it's not just that. I honestly feel, and I've always have, feel not qualified enough to do what I do. Because who who am I? Dude, okay. You can't... That's the thing. You could do it. Oh, I know. I've been doing it. It's natural. It's an insecurity. Exactly, yeah. But you you can fucking do it. Like, I'm able to raise a kid, you know. And... And anyone could have a kid in the world. Yeah, but that's the thing. You didn't no, have, that's you my didn't, point. You didn't, you didn't have those kids. Right. You didn't have them. So, 
for you to come in, you'll be doing a, you know, you'll be doing real good, a real good for the world, mm. because this kids need it. A lot of kids need it, you know, and you know it just sucks that people that want to help, you know, they can't really help as many people as they need to be helped, you know, because you really have to put your time and effort into a few people because it's just. It's just a lot of effort and time that goes into helping kids. Mm-hmm. And I think just, you know, if you have somebody in your family or friend that you know, I think you should try to help if you can. Because I know it's, it's not always possible, even though you want to. Um, yeah. Uh, so you said, so basically your answer is no, you're not going to adopt. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I always say that when people ask because uh-huh. I get asked quite a bit. Yeah, actually, I don't know. I never looked into it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Because you, you know you're not focusing on that. You're focusing. No. You're focusing on helping as many kids as po- kids as possible. Well, yes. I want to first focus <laughs> on getting my own life together, and on top of that, I, I of course. I work, I go to school, and I help people, whether it's kids or adults, whoever. I can only help kids because I can relate to a lot of them on not having anyone there for me. And, you know, there's come a time when there's a lot of scrutiny around that. Be like, who's this guy mentoring random kids when he doesn't work for a school or organization, whatever? Jeffrey Epstein. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And it goes back to me redeeming my past. That's all it is. That's all it became. I was given the opportunity when I was 18. And I pursued it as if it was a responsible thing to do. Because it was my responsibility in the church. And in a spiritual uh, terminology, that was my calling. Have you uh, turned any of these kids into Christianity? Yes. Most of them? No. Some of them? Yes. Okay. How did they react to it? The ones that didn't? Yeah. Uh, Okay, so the church youth group that I went to was called Blaze Productions. Mm. And you know what Blaze means in street lingo? Right. 420. (laughs) And so my thing was... Hey, you want to go blaze with me? Oh. They're like, shut up. What do you mean? Come on. You're kidding. And I'm like, no, I'm serious. <laughs> oh, man. And so I, I usually had a group or a, a car full of kids, mm-hmm. sometimes two. Yeah. And go there and be like, you're taking us to a church. What are we going to smoke? Be like, smoke? What do you mean? We're going to blaze. <laughs> and it got them every time. And I was like, look, guys, this is what I do. Just trust me. It's pretty cool. Check it out. Have an open mind. <laughs> it worked for like two of them out of maybe 30, 35. Wow. Damn. Yeah. Well, you know, it was probably just not the best approach. Yeah. it's. You know, I thought it was funny. But... Well, that's, you know, <laughs> people that are, you know, the you know, our parents or whatever, you know, uh, family members that are into religions. Any type of religion, they never know how to uh, 
uh, uh, what is it, describe it or, you know, teach it to us in a way that makes us interested in it. They just kind of, they just kind of pass it down, pass it down. That's it. They don't really explain it to you. They just tell you, you have to do it because we did it. Yeah. And that's generational. Yeah. And that was also my problem. And I don't blame the church. I don't blame my youth pastor. I investigated the faith myself. Mm-hmm. I really adored who Jesus was, what he said, what he valued. And that really inspired me. And I, I suppose I didn't have the courage to speak on that because it wasn't quote unquote cool. It wasn't an in thing. And. That was just an insecurity that I had that I didn't want to confess that, hey, this religion that I'm in, which they knew, they had this guy named Jesus. He's like the main character of the religion. He was actually a really good person. And he's basically my role model. And I want to tell you about him. That's what I wanted to do. Again, lack of courage. You know, I was young. Mm -hmm. 1920 at the time, perhaps. And, uh... Yeah, the, the ones that actually did get into Christianity, it's, it's simply because we had a closer relationship. Mm. They opened up a lot more. They were more in tune with their feelings. I knew their family much better. And a few of them had a Christian upbringing. Uh, most didn't. And they just felt they had hope in the, in the religion because they saw how much I got out of it. You know, that inspired them. It's hard to see. I mean, if if you you know you have to be really like looking for something to actually like like religion, as I feel like because you have to be vulnerable. Yes, and uh, I think it's you know people don't want to be vulnerable because they feel like they can, you know, they can't protect themselves if they're too vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you and I figured out how to be vulnerable, but at the same time. Be able to keep your guard up. It's not easy to be vulnerable because that's... That pretty much means to put your life on a line of telling the truth and being who you are. And that's not something you could really do so easily. You know, you can, again, conceptualize it. You can understand what that means. But to actually do it, it could take some work. Because not everyone keeps their word. Not everyone, once again, tells the truth. Not everyone can get rid of these masks and these roles that we play with different people. It's just something that we were born into. It's not necessarily no one's fault. It's just part of this time and this culture. So there's like no one to blame. It's not you're wrong, I'm right. It's more about let's do something about this together. Because we have this hunch in our culture that there's these stereotypes, there's these levels of good and bad. There's just a whole bunch of stuff to compare people. And it's easy to compare people and judge them from who they are right now. But we don't do them justice when we don't understand that everyone has a story 
Everyone's been through stuff that they don't talk about. And there's a reason for that. And there's a reason why they do the things they do that you don't necessarily like. Because they've been through things. And from those things, they've internalized their experience. And from that, they become someone from internalizing that experience. And until you get to know them, you won't know why they do what they do. So don't judge them until you do that. That's one thing I really liked about the the Bible. When it talked about judgment, that's the exact thing it was referring to. Because I can't really see you and experience you and talk to you if I judge you. Because once I judge you, who I'm seeing is not John. Who I'm seeing is a fabricated filter of John who I made up in my head from whatever story I heard or created. Boom. (laughs) Oh, dude. (laughs) Stop doing that. I mean, I don't even know. This is why we get along so well, because I feel like you're the you you have the words to express what I'm feeling, and I don't. <laughs> it, it's kind of it's a hard thing to to feel like because I saw the uh, one of my friends told me talked about this with me. You know, he's a guy from Afghanistan, right? So he oh. has an accent, right? Mm-hmm. And he would always talk to me about that uh, people at work felt like he was stupid. Because they didn't understand him because of his accent. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because it is the way you the way you speak gives a you know, people kinda of, they kinda of judge you. they they will judge you on that, the way mm-hmm. you speak. Mm-hmm. And kind of make an assumption assumption of the type of person you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, excuse me. Oh, they they got that. <laughs> nice. My bad. You need to remember when to cut these things out. You need nah, to... it's fine. Let it, I'll okay. Just let it be, dude. Nice. All right. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Like, I always thought that just a raw, unedited, that podcast episode was good. But I do understand that. You should make that louder then. Yeah, let me... Uh, no, I mean the burp. I have to put that a little up. <laughs> no, I got to put my microphone up. My le- Look, the levels are different because your microphone picks up sound better than mine. Aren't you going so to normalize your- it, though? Yeah, I'm going to... It's called... Uh, let's give you some background into the audio editing of this. So, what I will do... This is the thing. This is the and this is for you two, audience. Nah, this is... I don't even have a... I stopped making the YouTube episode because this is not for YouTube. YouTube cannot understand this. YouTube is different. That's the thing I noticed about YouTube. Every, like, social media has their type of audience. I'll be right there. Hey, don't pee on my face. <laughs> he went out to pee. That's why he just made a reference to pee. So, anyways, um, yeah, Saturday night. No, it's Sunday now. It's uh, June 20th, 2021. 1 a.m. Uh, here you go. You skip the... I gotta go to the bathroom, too. Hold on, guys. Keep the conversation going. Oh, you're not gonna pause? Okay. I'm gonna pee. Oh, shit. 
Okay, so guys, we're back. Um, I don't know where we left off that, or we'll pick up somewhere else. Um, Eric reminded me to put on this thing again because we were talking about things, and we just kind of thought it was uh, an important thing to catch on this podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was talking, so Eric mentioned meditation to me, and then I told him, okay, well... I think there was a time in my life where I felt like that meditation moment happened because, you know, it was a time in my life where we couldn't pay the bills. It was, it was high school. Um, so we were out of electricity for for a few days. We, you know, we managed to, to, you know, scrape up some dollars together to pay the, the electricity bill. But anyways, at that time where... We had to experience the no electricity time. Uh, I had to read a book for uh, homework for my one of my, my for my English class, actually, and at that moment, I remember this moment very. You know, I'm not. I don't have a good memory about things, but this mo- one of these moments, I remember it because it was such a peaceful time in my life. That that moment was really peaceful. I was at a I thought, it, oh, this is what, you know, peace feels like. Being at peace, being relaxed, being, you know, it was just uh, such a moment that I remember. And, then, you know, Eric thought it was an important moment to catch on the podcast. And can you tell us why? <laughs> <laughs> Most people are not where they're at. Do you know why? Guess. Um, because they can't get out of their heads. Good job. <laughs> See? Second guess yourself. You got it right, sucker. That's right. Oh, do you remember what an asshole originally was? What I told you? Or what you told me? What the well, name? you can say what you said first. Okay, so Eric asked me earlier when we were at the bar, what is an asshole? We were talking about it somehow. And, you know, and I said, you know, he asked me, what is an asshole to you? And I was like, oh, well, an asshole is somebody that, um, you know, so, you know, is mean to you. They don't care. Um, what else did I say specifically? You don't like them? Oh, yeah. You don't like them. They're you know, just it's just people that you don't like <laughs> for because they, the way they're acting, they're acting badly, being rude, not polite. So you think they're assholes. And then you explained to me what an asshole really... What was the first meaning of asshole? The first meaning of asshole. Perhaps it was the first. I'm not well, sure. I guess where the phrase came from, I guess. Sure. Yeah. So an asshole, from what I understand originally, is that it is someone that doesn't know their ass from a hole <laughs> in the ground. A retard. Basically, yeah. yeah. Yeah, basically. Basically. So what that means is that they can't discern reality from what happens in their head, whether it's their imagination or their conscience. Neither 
happen in reality, they both happen in their head, and an asshole cannot tell the difference. And we live in a world full of assholes. And that's why the world doesn't work, and that's why people's lives don't work, because they can't discern the difference. Life doesn't happen in your head. That's all there is to it. Yeah, you can conceptualize that, but to experience it, you have to do landmark. I'm kidding. That's a great start. It is. I can't do it any better. But that's one of their biggest objectives. And the first step is to take responsibility for every part of your life. Everything that happens is your fault. And you can do something about it from what you choose. Let's do that exercise. Remember chalk and vanilla? Okay. It's playing. <laughs> no, we're just going to play. There's okay, no explaining. Okay, okay. So what's the game? You're two different ice cream flavors. Okay. Vanilla or chocolate. Choose. Chocolate. Why? Because it's good. That's a decision. <laughs> Uh, because, uh, I like the taste of it. That's a decision as well. Uh, because... That's a decision as well. It has more nutrients. That's a decision as well. <laughs> okay, so anything that I do is a decision. No. <laughs> okay, so... It's a game. Right. You have to so, figure it out. All right, okay. So, what am I trying to figure out, though? You have to choose. Okay. Chocolate or vanilla. Right. All right. So if I so I said I chose chocolate, right? Right. So what do I have to do next? What's the next step? Why'd you choose it? Why I chose it, okay. So I said I chose it because I like it's uh it tastes better than vanilla. Is that That's a decision because you're basing it off of the other flavor. Okay. So every every single uh, angle that I take of why I chose chocolate is going to be a decision. That's what I'm guessing. Everything <laughs> you say that's going to compare your answer to the other flavor mm-hmm. is going to be a decision. There's only one correct answer, and that's choosing it. Okay, so if I say that I like chocolate because it gives African kids jobs in Africa... That's a way off decision. <laughs> That's wait, downright racist, no, 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 wait, wait. Where does chocolate come from? Is it Africa or is it Brazil? I don't know. <laughs> All right, he's going <laughs> to I got to Google up. it, okay? You're one of those I just guys. have to Google it. I just have to, okay? You know, because we have this powerful tool. Where does chocolate come from? Where does chocolate? Why don't you just say it? No, where does... Because I don't have it set up that way. You I don't? don't? Want, I don't want Siri to listen to me. Oh, you're one of those guys, too. Well, yeah, you know what? I think I'm just... What do you have against Siri? Uh, That it knows everything about me? (laughs) Well, a lot of things already know a lot Where the fuck does it come from? Where does Cocoa? Cocoa. Uh, It's called Cocoa. It's from the... Coca-Cola? Africa. Yes, it is in Africa. There we go. All right. So I got it right. There we go. Well... (laughs) <laughs> Where were we going with this? Choose. Okay, choose it. And then I said because it helps give African kids jobs. That's not choosing. So what is choosing then? Are you saying you gave up? 
<laughs> yes. Really? You gave up that yes, fast? Yes, because I'm not in a mental state that I want to keep You're an immigrant. It. You're supposed to be hardworking. What is wrong with you? Dude, I'm already assimilated, so I'm not as hardworking. That's what everybody assumes. That's true, huh? Okay, so the, the suffix of decide is side. Now, what other words have the suffix side in it? Inside. Suicide. Uh, homicide. Insecticide. What's that all have to do with? Um, death. Yeah. So when you decide something, you kill all the other alternatives, which means you limit yourself only to that one decision. When you choose something, that means... You chose it because you said so. So it's like a dead or a live decision? Nope. It is power. Okay. So let's do it again. Chocolate or vanilla? Choose. Let's see what you got for this. Chocolate. Why? Because I chose to. Right. (laughs) Had nothing to do with vanilla. You wanted chocolate nope, because I you want said chocolate. Ch- chocolate, right? Yep, had nothing chocolate. to do with anything else. No, it's just because it's chocolate. I want right. chocolate, so it's chocolate. That's my answer because I want chocolate. Right. <laughs> I chose that. And the importance of choosing is that you don't have to limit yourself to any outside influence of what you should do with anything. Because most people limit themselves. From the past of what they did before. It's just a collapse from the past that leads into the future. Or you could just choose because you said so. Because what you say goes. That's what responsibility is. You're in the driver's seat. Most people live in their car called life with their um, steering wheel on the rear view mirror. They're looking life based off how the past looked. Or you could actually drive the car properly, have your hands on the steering wheel. Now you have the power to choose because you could choose where the car goes. Not by what the past is limited to you, with decisions that's based on the constraints of the past. And now you're looking forward. You're not looking in the roof room mirror anymore. So everything is new. Everything's created. Nothing is from what already happened. Most people live into their past because they're an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) They can't discern reality. I mean, yeah, you know... I think like, oh, I wanted to ask you about this, but before I move on, remind me to tell you that I had to ask you about something. Okay. Oh, that's all right. All right. But you had hold on. Hopefully, you remember that reference of what that something is, John. <laughs> I will. Okay. I already got it in my mind, but I'm already starting to forget what I was going to talk about right now, uh-huh. which was uh, what are you were talking about? Asshole. Assholes. Before that. <laughs> 
rear view mirror that we all stare okay, by. Okay, sorry. Right. So now I remember. Okay, so I, I think now that I could. The, the problem that I have in my life now is with food. And then I feel like I throw away a day of eating good because of the previous day. Because I feel like, oh, okay, well, I already ate bad that day. Mm, I'll just... Compensate. I'll, yeah, I'll, you know, when I'm done today, I'll, I'll be okay. I'll start over the next day. So now I kind of see what you're meaning about. You're making, the, you're, you're making decisions based on your past. Mm-hmm. And, you know, thinking about it. And, you know, it doesn't, it's not just food related. I'm just saying that's the first thing that came to mind because that's what I'm, that's my present right now. That's what I'm dealing with now. But, of course, what you're talking about applies to basically everything. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. That's what I wanted to mention. But the next thing I remember now nice. is how do you feel about a society that shames you into doing the right thing again? Because that's how it was before. It's always been that way. Yes, you're right. You're right. Even the way it is now. It's just perhaps worse. Yes. Well, as Christians, you know that the world is a damned place Mm -hmm. that we're taught not to conform to. That the world's run by evil, and that's quite obvious. And it's been quite obvious. As Christians, we're told that we're not of this world, although we live in it. Which means we can't conform to it. We have to conform to spiritual values. It's not easy because you can't see them. What's great is that you can't experience them. You can understand them, yeah. But like I told you, understanding is just a booby prize. The real catch is to experience it. I don't have any beliefs. You may ask, like, you mean you don't believe in God? I'd say no. I'd say I've experienced God. John, have you experienced people? Yes. Then what reason is there to believe in people? Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Explain this to me because I'm getting confused now. So. Do you uh, believe in people? Yes. What? But I mean, what do you mean in believe? Like, do you, I believe people are real or, (laughs) (laughs) or do I, like, do I, uh, do I believe in them? I was like, oh yes, people could do good. No, do you believe, do you believe in human beings like uh, they're like real physical things yes yes have you experienced them yes then why believe them <laughs> okay so, so okay come on walk me through this sure so okay. you believe in god yes because you can't ex- see god with the five senses well, right i have to believe in him because i don't see him right okay what if you experienced him okay would you need to believe in him no, because he's real. Because I because you experienced him, him yes. right? Yes. Okay. Uh huh. So, do you believe in human beings? <sighs> <laughs> Did you okay, drink that right. much of the bourbon? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> now that you put it this way, okay. So let's say, all right, 
Let's say I don't. You know what? I think it, it kind of does fit in with my worldview now because I, I guess I, 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 I would say that I don't believe in most people. I don't, I don't believe in people because, you know, most people are going to be damned. I'm not referring to but that's morality. What, I know, I know you're not referring to morality, but that's what I'm looking at because. Well, stop it. <laughs> I did. Well, this, this is the I thing. This that. is the thing because every time we go to, you know, every time I go to a conversation about, well, how many people you know are doing this? How many how people are doing good in this? Because I go back to, well, most people aren't there, you know, and even myself. Because, you know, I, I'm just, there's a big possibility that I'm one of those people as well. You know, that I'm not there. I'm just kind of like, what is, what's the, what's the gamer phrase? The gamer phrase is, uh, I'll be an NPC, non-playable character. You're just there. And, you know, with people nowadays, you know, I believe that. And, you know, it's, it goes back to biblical times that, you know, most people won't even get in heaven. I might be one, even one of those people that are not, that's not getting into heaven. The, the difference is that me, between me and other people is that I recognize that. Mm-hmm. Not everybody else is willing to recognize that. And it, that's a hard thing. That's why I always go back to that. I guess, you know, that's just how I see th- the way, that's the way I see things now because this is the only way I was, you know, this is the, the way I, I guess me looking for answers about the world the answers that I looked for were answered by mostly religion, not other things. Maybe, you know, I was kind of, I, I would say I was like an atheist for a little bit, agnostic, I guess, you know, and then I kind of was like, well, that doesn't make sense to me anymore. I think religion is the right path. So that's why I look at things that way. Mm-hmm. That, you know, like you said, you know, not, do I believe in people? Well, I guess not. I don't because, yeah, I don't believe in people because... Most people are not there. (laughs) (laughs) You know, most people aren't there. There's not, like you and I, like, you know, even though I I guess we feel, I I think you have a sense of uh, uh, that you feel special in some way because you're different than everybody else. And that's what special is, that you're not the same as everybody else. You have that feeling. Mm -hmm. And I kind of have that feeling too, but, you know, are we right about that feeling? <laughs> and that's the thing, because, you know, then, and since we're so aware of things like that, is that, well, am I just being arrogant? Mm-hmm. You know, because, like, feeling special is a part of being arrogant. Because mm-hmm. you feel like you're, a, I don't I guess not above everybody else, but you're just, like, separated from them. You're on another level than them, I guess. That will be the feeling, so... Where are we? <laughs> you took my exercise <laughs> so far off with your Jim okay. Beam bourbon. I said, okay, all right. I said, I don't believe in people. Let's go back to that. That's what it was that. That's what you yes. asked. So you believe? Because we went through it again, and then I had to answer you again. Do I believe in people? So I'm going to say no now. Okay. Let's go. Let's move forward now. Right. So you, you you experienced people, so there's no use to believing. Yes. The idea behind believing is that it's a very low way to experience reality. Because believing is the idea that you want something to exist without the five senses to deploy that experience. Okay. It's a very low way to experience anything. 
Mm-hmm. And so... Because, yeah, you, you're thinking about it, so you're not really experiencing it. You're just thinking about the experience. Yeah, like UFOs, yeah. aliens, all that stuff. It's just believing. Okay, before we move on, do you think the whole alien thing is a psyop? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> because... It, if I was an alien, and of course I couldn't fathom it, I wouldn't come to this world because we're not intellectually equipped. But I to... mean, what it is? Who is? Let's say okay. This is okay. So basically, this is the the religious the, the religious belief about you know the universe and stuff. Um. People, you know, people think that science is going to explain everything, but I feel like if you really actually get into the things like, you know, people just say the Big Bang, you know, us being here is random. Let's say you're not, you're taking the opposite of religious take on, on life is that everything was random. We just matter, yada, yada. But if you actually break it down, it's really fucking complicated. Mm-hmm. And... For us to just randomly come out the way we did, I don't believe it anymore. Mm-hmm. I believe that there's there's something out there. You know, there's God. I believe there's God. Mm-hmm. I believe there is a what is what's the word? What's the phrase? Uh, like a intelligent intelligent oh. creation. What's it yeah. called? What's that phrase? Is a uh, well, and the God arguments teleological. Yes. So there's a fine-tuning of the universe. And that fine-tuning is an intelligent being who is called God. Yes. And I believe that there's a God because just the way we're set up. It's just, you know, you just can't come up with any, like, just think of, you know, people now, you know, you people just can't come up with random things that work perfectly mm-hmm. the way we do. Mm-hmm. And how many variables we have as humans. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like the best argument for there being a God because he, atheists just think, well, we just happen. And this is just explainable that we're here. Well, I was an atheist for some time too. And uh-huh. what I concluded is that I just didn't know. And I was okay with that. But now? <laughs> but now I'm back to being a good old Christian. <laughs> I think I'm think I I'm I'm trying to become Catholic now. Oh, because why not orthodoxy? I just don't know much about it. Um, <laughs> I was leaning towards orthodoxy. It is complicated, just like Catholicism, because of the opalistic succession. What I like about it is that, for one, Christianity is ahistorical. Which means all they have is the Bible, the Orthodox Bible, and they don't have any of the history of what the apostles throughout history have said about the Bible. Catholicism and Orthodoxy does. They have a lot of the history of how all the apostles throughout the times interpreted the Bible. And, you know, Jay Dyer, yes, right? Yes. He does a great argument saying that Protestants essentially make themselves apostles because they get to choose how to interpret the Bible for themselves. And that I think that was really genius because it 
it really is something for people to interpret such an old book. And you leave out the history of how it was interpreted. Then what are you really doing? And old, yeah, and people aren't thinking about how many times this book has been translated. Because a lot of things could be lost in translation. Oh, yeah. You know, I experienced that in my daily life because, you know, English is not my first language. And, you know, I talk to my wife and we have miscommunications. And those miscommunications causes a lot of problems. <laughs> and, and, you know, with anything, you know, that's... Um, I was just telling you earlier that I've been watching this documentary about, you know, little things, the questionable things about... You know, Catholicism and what was I going with this? <laughs> I shouldn't have drank that last drink, dude. <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty up there now. I'm now I'm drunk. I was buzzed before, but now I'm officially drunk. Well, that's Congratulations. okay. Congratulations. <laughs> okay, you know what? Let's let's get away from the serious stuff because I just want to talk to you, dude. Because <laughs> you know I can't keep up with the serious stuff anymore. Like I'm I'm already I'm topped out out of that. I can mess around though. I'm good. I'm good at messing around. Let's, let's mess around. Let's talk about let's. You know what? Let's talk about you, dude. Because we really don't talk about you yourself. We talk about the things you do now, but we're gonna talk about you as much. What's going on with you? What's up, dude? Talk to me. <laughs> so, well, should I say the serious stuff or the non-serious stuff? Non-serious. Just keep it light, you know, because I'm, I'm, I don't feel like I can keep it up anymore because of my mental state. That's that's <laughs> why that's why I mentioned it at first because that's the you know when you're when you're in a so relaxed stage you don't, you can't really have a super serious conversation because sure. it takes a lot. To have a serious conversation. People don't really realize that. And I started to realize that because once I started doing a podcast and you start talking, it's not easy. It takes it takes some time to just blabber on. Because even even if you just want to blabber on and kind of just, you know, say whatever you're going to say, thinking of certain, like thinking of new words to say and how to follow it up, you know, to a point that it makes okay sense. Not that it's the best thing you could say, but it just makes sense takes effort right so I had a birthday last month and happy belated thank you (laughs) and I went to Yosemite I've been going different places for my birthday by myself on purpose because I'm usually around people and that's great and all but I really wanted to experience true solitude (laughs) And I made it into sort of a ritual. So I went to either the beach, different hiking spots, or Yosemite like I did this year. And I just hiked. And I didn't bring my phone. Didn't bring this watch. And I was just with myself in nature. And I felt so much at peace. I thought about my life. Thought about what I did uh, last year. What I want to be up to this year. And it was really, really great. It was really great. I have a few rules in life that I abide to. And one of them is that I have to make something else more important than the other. So one thing that you mentioned is the eating thing. Mm. And so one thing you could do is make a rule to yourself that eating healthy is more important than eating unhealthy. 
simple, but it's a foundation, like I've been mentioning. Hard to execute. <laughs> it doesn't have to. You just choose it. <laughs> it's practice. But anyway. Yes, okay. Anyway. Yes, yes, yes. So when I got home that night, mm-hmm. there was a puppy in my room. I don't have a puppy. But then I had a puppy. All of a sudden, my mother and my nephew surprised me with a puppy. And... Do you still still have this puppy? I do. (laughs) It's about... Or he's about... Four months? Five months? Something like that? Okay. He's a border collie. What is that? Black and white dog. They're supposed to be one of the most intelligent dogs. Border... Like border border hopper? Collie. Border collie. Yes. And... I haven't had a dog around oh, in about okay. All two right. that's years. A cute dog. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah, that's a cute dog. His name is Connor. Uh-huh. And it's funny because I have a student named Connor, and <laughs> he's just as annoying as the dog. Sorry, Connor. <laughs> but he's cool. Yeah. I haven't had a dog around in two years. I had a Staffordshire Bull Terrier that passed. Uh, pretty sad story. I'll tell it briefly. Uh-huh. Uh, there was a night where he was sleeping with me. And he got down off the bed, and he was scrambling around. How old was he at the time? Uh, eight or nine, something like that. He wasn't too old. Okay. So he was, like, basically a mature dog already. Yeah, post-mature. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, he was scrambling. And I knew something was wrong, because it's not like he had to go to the bathroom. He wouldn't do that. He would just, like, bark real softly. Mm-hmm. And I turned on my light, and I was wondering what was going on, and he was just going around scrambling. He, something was wrong. Mm-hmm. Something was really wrong. And he was having a hard time breathing. And I knew that I couldn't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. So I woke my brother up, and we went to the vet hospital. And he was scrambling even more, trying to breathe. Um, so confused. So very confused. And he couldn't feel safe anywhere because he couldn't catch his breath. And we reached to the hospital. And what I noticed was that he was on my lap. He was just laying there. And I thought, okay, well, maybe he's okay now. I could take him in. And so when I lifted him up, he was limp. So we ran him in. And we told the doctor, I think our dog's dead. Can you help us, please? It was too late. My dog died on my lap. Dude, what the? <laughs> I thought we <laughs> oh, That's serious. Oh my, God. <laughs> my fault. Hey, why are you laughing at my dog dying, bro? What's wrong with you? I'm not laughing at that. I'm laughing because we're supposed to. Hey, you're pretty demented for laughing at that story, all right? (laughs) Okay, look. I'm, you know, I'm not shocked by many things anymore because I grew up with the internet, okay? And before any, there was like, you know, blog websites, and you can see anything, dude. It's funny because this is what I used to do. I used to like before, like to give me a reality check to put me back into my place. I will watch, you know, the narco videos. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Like you know, like the the ones you know they're like telling the ops, the opposition, 
you know, like have their, you know, they they caught the opposition. They're like, talk to the camera, tell them what not to do, and you know what happens after that. Yeah. So I used to watch those videos just to like, kind of like snap me back into reality. Because, you know, those videos, they'll fuck you up for like a week or two. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. they're, 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 it's just horrible, you know, they're fucking horrible videos. But I used to do that because I needed that. Like, okay, this is reality. This is what's happening around the world. It's not all fucking, you know, strawberries and cream. And That I sounds to, good right now. That does sound good, but that's, you know, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> talking about, you know, that's, I didn't mean to laugh at the, you talking about your dog dying, but. I, I don't look going, at you the same we anymore. We're going to a lighter place. <laughs> well, he sure did. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, look. Uh, when you were talking about that, I was thinking about my wife's cat. Cause like, I think he stopped eating. He wasn't, he didn't want to eat anymore for a while. He would just hide under the bed for a long time. He wouldn't come out anymore. And we knew right away. Okay. There's something wrong going on. And we found out we took him to the bed and then we found out right away. He has cancer all over his body. I'm like, what What? the fuck? And that, that happened, like, like, within a week or two that we found out that he had cancer all over his body because we felt some bumps, you know? And that's when, we, you know, my wife, we took him over to the bed and it told us, well, you know, he has cancer and, you know, we could give him steroid shot just to kind of, like, you know, keep him going a little more. We gave him one steroid shot and, you know, he kind of per- perked up a little bit and started eating again. But, you know, that probably like a few days later after the shot, you know, he just kind of like started going downhill again. He didn't want to go out to eat anymore. And then, you know, my wife was like, you know, let's just take him in. And I wasn't, I know, I didn't want to push her into doing it. I kind of just wanted her because that was her cat. You know, before we met, she had had that cat for years already. And that was her cat. And, you know, the cat would kind of listen to me, but he would definitely listen to my wife. And so I let it up to her, like, when do you want to do this? And we just, we just, one day we just picked a day during the week and we took him to the bed and we had to put him down because he was just suffering, you know, he wasn't eating, he mm-hmm. wasn't, he wasn't feeling good. And I uh, just kind of, you know, he just reminded me of that when you were talking about your dog. <laughs> and yes I don't know why we went we just went down a dark path again you don't see me laughing at your story <laughs> well I think it's because because I'm not dark yeah well, well I'm actually I am darker than you but look no you're like we're about the same dude. no I'm a little dark that's because about? you're out you've been out in the sun more than me oh yeah you're staying if, on if I, yeah if I go out in the sun dude I'll be darker than you really yeah oh yeah cause that's your natural this is just like regular chilling oh. chilling colors dude this is just a like and I haven't been out as much you go out more than me that's for sure you're driving a lot more that's a driver that's a driver tan on your left side yeah it's <laughs> that's pretty cool yeah you got the I drive. got like Four shades of exactly, skin. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, that. you got that's the drive, cool. yeah. That's a driver one because look, it's not looking at that. You can see the difference. This one's way darker than this one. Wow, well, not, not way dry, darker, but you, it's darker than the left. Thank I mean, you the for right. being so observant of my skin, yeah. Variations. Exactly, that's what I noticed. That's it's always <laughs> hey, you know, when you grow up, 
in in the ghetto, dude. Like, I think I'm going growing up back in like you know late nineties. All the that's what people used to talk about all the time. Race. That's yeah. what, that was the funny thing to talk about. You could just make jokes about it. No one really cared. Better not do that anymore. Well, yeah, you can't do that shit anymore because people just. I've been having trouble with like family members because that's because you're Mexican. Yeah, but he, he, got a big ass get, family. But that's the thing; they get upset about. Shit that's that my was. point. Oh, you caught me. <laughs> that's, the, <laughs> that's the shit that they you know they get upset about me saying just whatever you know. I'm like, okay, I'm just, I just. Why don't, don't you shut up and be a Catholic? <laughs> that's they're not, you know, it's gonna break their hearts that I'm gonna tell them that. Saint John, no, what is it? Uh, John Paul II was the the Antichrist. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, I mean, from that documentary that I saw, is okay. This is what happened. Okay, so the in Revelations, there's some paragraphs where it says that you know that all the all the pagan all the gods and the pagan gods are gonna get together. There's gonna be the ceremony, and then the Antichrist is gonna you know. Be above all of them all. He's gonna be the the god of the you know the pagan gods and all this stuff and and that's what kind of like John Paul II did and he kind of was above all of them. He brought the he put this event together where all the religions come to pray at the altar of peace. You know they came to pray in the name of peace. Sounds like this new religion called. Baha'i faith. That's a new religion? Yeah, it actually came out of Islam, uh-huh. but they believe in this thing called progressive revelation, which pretty much means that every religious messenger is from the same source. Like the same religion? No. No? Okay. Same source. So there's Judaism, there's... Uh, Hinduism, there's Buddhism, there's Christianity, there's Zoroastrianism, and then there's Islam. They believe that all those religions come from the same source. Abraham? Yeah. And they believe, well, Abraham is one of them. Maybe the first, I don't know. Anyway, they all come from the same source, and every religious prophet from that religion came to earth at a specific time for a specific reason and then another one came for a different reason different time and now the newest one which they believe is the second coming of Christ who is Baha'u'llah which means glory of God in Arabic mm. is the current manifestation of God for the world and what he's preaching is world peace and world unity in one language and one currency and so on that's the religion that you're talking about. Okay, so yeah. Uh, they're the devil. <laughs> <laughs> they were at my event. Well, this is the thing. Like, people don't get that Catholicism is very strict. It is. It's just hard line. And I think that's why I'm drawn strict to it. Strict is good. You know, and then, you know, I'm drawn to it because, not just because I grew up with, you know, Catholicism, but like I said. It's because you're Mexican. Yeah, that. But, you know, I have my, my time where I was, you know... Leading towards Satanism, you know? Like literally? I told, you, I told you earlier, remember? That well, I, not I, literally. Well, you know, but I was like, you know, st- just, you know, just thinking that Satanism is not bad is leaning towards Satanism. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's exactly, you know, and that's that was the 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 place that I was at with you know with the sadness because I was like, yeah, they're not doing anything bad. They're being you know they're being good, and I think I got that idea because they had like I think I heard some some controversy that happened where they had a school after school program for like and you know it had. And, and, you know, it had Satanism in the name and whatever else, but it was just like, they were ditching, like, extracurricular math and English and just things that, it was just extra classes or whatever, for whatever topic, but, they're, you know, Satan was in the name. <laughs> right, exactly. So that's kind of, at the time, I was like, well, I guess, you know, they're not doing any bad, so why would they? And also, another, another thing that kind of, Lean me towards the side was I don't know if you heard if you heard about the statue that they put out uh, somewhere in the Midwest. Uh, it was like a statue of Baphomet. Yeah, and <laughs> and the reason they, and the reason they were able to do that because of uh, you know the separation of church and state, yeah. and that if you know if a uh, if a uh, if a public place gives a space for a for a religious uh, a statue, they have to do it for other religions. And that's what that was the point that we're trying to make. That oh well, you know, if you're gonna put up a statue, we'll put up a statue. And then that's what they did. They got a statue of Baphomet. Cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Out to Google. And you know, and and I thought I was like, well, you know, they're doing good or whatever. But now I see clearly, and you know, Catholicism is like is I see. People, you know, people think it's easy to be a religious person. It's not easy to be a religious person because there's so many fucking rules that you have to follow. Well, it's a really narrow path. Yes. And not many people want to follow that path because that path doesn't lead to going back to hedonism. It doesn't lead to pleasure or fun. It's actually about discipline towards virtues and standards that are going to lead you to be a more thorough and good person. And we all know that doing good in life is always harder <laughs> than, than, you know, doing whatever the fuck you want. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Where? Okay, we got one hour and 44 minutes. How do you feel Woo! about that? <laughs> Okay, we're going to leave it on the last note. We'll probably just chill for a little bit after. But we're going to leave it on the last note of the podcast because I'm running out of steam. <laughs> <laughs> At least for the podcast because, like I said before, it takes a lot of effort to actually... You have 74? 74 what? Podcast? Yeah. I have like 100 and something. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's but cool. I block a lot of them. Block? Yeah, I blocked a lot of them because I was just like, I don't feel like this is me anymore. So I just blocked it. What does that mean? Oh, like old ones? Old ones, yes. Oh. Not, not the newer ones. Be and because I also had a kind of like a change because I you stopped. Grow and yeah, because I I it was Elgato Logo Podcast, and then I changed it to Elgato Podcast, and then I changed my uh, my artwork. Yeah, my logo. I changed it too. So I was like, ah, you know what? Let's get rid of the old episodes. Then, if more people listen to me. Let, that was my mindset now. I don't know how long I'm going to keep, you know, keep doing this because it's like $300 to keep my SoundCloud account. 300 A year. Oh. It's a year. So, yeah, that's, that's how I'm lot. able to, that's how I'm able to upload. So, if you have a SoundCloud account, you could upload it all up to uh, 
15 minutes for free. And, um, you know, if you buy the, whatever, the yearly thing, you're able to upload as much, as much as you want and as long as you want. This is one people, one thing people don't think about when it comes to, uh, the media they consume. How much data it takes to upload this shit. (laughs) Especially if it's a long thing, you know, like, like a long-winded conversation or a video. Video takes a lot of memory. And the hosting takes a lot of money. Like, where are you going to save that file, you know, for people to go and, you know, download it from? That's, you know, somebody has to provide an actual physical memory card somewhere. Like that. I don't know if you've seen, you know, those YouTube videos of, of, uh, of their, you know, network place where it's just a bunch of fucking hard drives. Like, yeah, hard drives, like a bunch of DVD players everywhere. Just lights connected to that's yeah. that's where they store everything, and you actually need a physical place where you put all the data. You there's there has to be a physical place. Can't be on the cloud. The cloud is an actual, yeah, an actual place. It's an actual physical place, and people don't understand that. And that's why I'm like, ah, I'm not doing the podcast as often as I wanted to do it. I'm not, you know, I'm not having these long conversations anymore. And I was thinking, maybe if I stop it, then I'll probably just start doing, like, maybe shorter episodes. I don't know. But look, if you want to come over more and do more podcasts with me, I'll be more than happy to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. I also offered it with my friend that I mentioned to you earlier. That's with having trouble. The three of us. Yes. That have, that's having trouble. Oh, that one. Yes. And I, I, you know, because one of the things he told me that he wanted to be was a sports broadcaster. Really? This yeah. is perfect. And and he's he has a good head for numbers and stuff. For, you know, sports numbers. So I told him what I do. Just come over and I'll help you out. I got the microphones. I got the setup. I could help you, you know, produce yeah. the, the show. I could, like, I got everything you need. And, of course, he hasn't hit me up about it. <laughs> you got to go over there. I got it. Yeah, I know. I had to like get to him. those kind of people. Well, that, that's what. That, yeah, that's what I was trying to do. You know, I was trying to get in contact with them so I could go hang out with them and you know pick them up and stuff. But um, he hasn't. He said he was just in his friend's phone to contact me. So I texted his friend's phone, and he never got back <laughs> to me. So I'm guessing he's not with his friend anymore. <laughs> Who knows. <laughs> Who knows? Anything could be happening. But, okay, well, before we go, let them know about your program that you're the people that you're working with and what you're doing now, so they know where to reach you if they wanna, you know, learn more about themselves, get better, better yourself, you know, get ahead. Okay, so for one, uh, ooh, you have a book. So for one. Let's talk about the idea of what Landmark claims to be transformation. If I draw a zero or a one on a chalkboard, I could change it to any other number. And it'll still be a number. If I draw a negative one on the chalkboard and change it to one... That's a transformation. That's because negative one is not anything. And one is actually something. 
It's just like from a number or a shape to nothing. Remember I talked about getting from layer after layer after layer of yourself, of your identity, and coming to nothing? Think about a caterpillar to a butterfly. That cocoon is just pure potential to be a butterfly. That's the nothing. The possibility is a butterfly. I don't... I think it was Rumi that said the quote, Why do you crawl when you were born to fly? That's a big thing Landmark does is have people soar like butterflies. You're essentially recreated, not from the past, but from a future that you create out of your own creation. And so that's what our programs offer. The, uh, the pilot program is called a landmark form. And that's when you deal with what you've been through your past, which limits you, which constrains you in all different ways that you can't even see. And that's actually why it constrains you, because you can't even see it. They're called blind spots. So the objective of the landmark forum is to have you see those blind spots, because when you can see them, they diminish. And when they diminish, you're a new human being. Literally. No, not really. You experience life as it shows up. Not from a filter of your past, but as it shows up. In the here and now. As it is. You can contact me on Facebook, Instagram. My name is Erich Da. E-R-U-C-H. D-A-H I'll post it on the info section as well I'm just a guy that just like anyone else has been through things and I've learned that I wanted to redeem all I've been through and have a meaningful life of doing so I don't think I'm any better or smarter or wiser than anybody else. I do think I have a big heart. And I do want to live a meaningful life. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And I do want to live a meaningful life. I lived a life of being misunderstood and that's continuing. And I'm learning to speak my mind more often and more openly so that people can see why I do what I do and what I've gone through to become who I am today. So if you're interested in Landmark or getting to know me, let's chat. I'll, you know, I'll try to make this happen more often. I know I've been putting off the show, my podcast uh, for a while. You know, I've been busy with the, the dad life, you know, and also not feeling inspired enough. To give you guys a show that I want to, you know, give you. The reason I'm talking to you guys right now is because I've been wanting to talk to this guy. And I know I always have a good conversation with him. 
So, you know, we decided, hey, let's go do a podcast. And that's what we did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're just hanging out at the bar. And we're like, you know what? Let's go up back home and let's fucking do a podcast. And that's exactly what we did. And I wish I was in a better state of mind so I could keep up, you know, because it's just, you know, I'm not doing it any, I'm not doing the, the good service of, you know, being able to put through, I'm sure you can talk a lot more about it, but I'm not able to keep up with this conversation, but I'm not going to try. <laughs> I don't want to mess it up. I, you know, it makes me look retarded. <laughs> don't judge but, yourself. Exactly. So you see, he's teaching me everything right now, and I'm trying to learn as much as possible as well. That's why... I let him do most of the talking this time. <laughs> I know we, I think like the first episode we had, you couldn't talk as much. And I was like, oh, dude, I'm sorry. Let's stop it. Because, you know, the wife. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways, but you guys know where to reach him. I'll, you guys could reach me uh, on SoundCloud at uh, Elgato Podcast. And that's pretty much it. I basically got rid of every other social media because I wasn't paying attention to it. I'll just pay attention to the SoundCloud social media. So, anyways, guys, thank you for everything. It was a great episode. Uh, tell them you love them. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> I love everybody. Great always. episode. Great episode, guys. Great indeed. Woo! Thanks for the applause, guys. We did it. it. We did it. All right, guys. Peace and, out. And, 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 and.